Here we go. You're listening to Email Friday on Law and Gospel. I'm Pastor Tom Baker on this October the 29th in the year of our Lord, 2022. And we're taking a look at an email today that may surprise you. It kind of surprised me. If you would ask most people, is church attendance going up or is it going down? Are people really involved in religious activities or is it going down? I think most people would say, well, due to the Chinese virus, etc., concerns about the economics, war, etc., that religious services, not many people are going to them. But a recent survey by the Rasmussen Reports of 1,155 U.S. adults find that 69% of American adults consider themselves religious, with 24% saying they're very religious. Now, this survey also was conducted in June 2021. This recent survey came out this past Tuesday. But in June 2021, only 57% considered themselves religious, whereas in this survey, the new one, 69% consider themselves religious, and 24% say they're very religious. The survey was conducted online and by phone with the margin of sampling error at plus or minus three percentage points with a 95% confidence level. When asked how crucial religion is in their daily lives, 61% of participants said that religion was important and 31% said it was very important in their lives and that things would be a lot better if people would be attending church more often. Now, there's no doubt that 41% of all the respondents reported that they rarely or never attend services at a church, synagogue, or mosque. 15% said they attend religious services weekly, with 6% saying they attend at least once a month. So, some of them, 7%, attend religious services once or twice a month, and 6% said they'll go more than once per week. Now, that makes sense as we near the end of the church year. Remember, the church year begins in Advent and goes through Pentecost. And Advent, of course, is just prior to Christmas. And therefore, there are services in many congregations held on Wednesdays as well as Sundays. Then you've got Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, 
and more and more churches are having special services on Saturday and Monday in order that those who work on Sunday morning will be able to attend. Now, 29% of Republicans and those unaffiliated with any major party say they attend religious services at least weekly. And that was in comparison to 16% of Democrats. Now, 45% of Democrats say they rarely or never attend services, in contrast to 44% of unaffiliated respondents. Only 9% of Republicans say they are not religious. That's in comparison to 23% of Democrats that say that they are not religious. Now, why do you think that's true? Well, not only because the survey says so, but the further you get away from God's word and the more you begin to invent your own morality, the further you get away from being religious in the sight of God. And so that's why more people who are liberal are definitely not going to church that much. Now, when the respondents were asked, would the U.S. be better if more people attended religious services on a regular basis, 42% of respondents said it would be better if more people attended religious services on a regular basis. But 30% said it wouldn't make a difference. Now, that's kind of interesting in light of the fact that over 40% don't attend church, but of that, only 30% said it wouldn't make a difference. So how can somebody who doesn't attend church, why would some of them still think that religion makes a difference? It could be that they grew up in a church that was very helpful to them. But then as they grew older and got their own morality, they left the church because it wasn't as interesting as they thought it would be. And it was contrary to their views. You see, if you believe in evolution, there really is no morality as part of evolution. For example, lions and other animals will kill those with whom they are, including their children, if they're hungry or for other reasons. That is to say that if you look at evolution, there is no morality against killing or against more, uh, adultery or fornication or this kind of thing. And that's what's happening in a lot of communities in the United States. 
In fact, you can go to churches that are set up just for people who engage in homosexual activity. And you can imagine how that church gets around what the Bible says is truly false teaching and a false life. They say things like, well, we were born that way. And if you're born that way, then that's the way God must want you to be. Well, is that true about child predators? They're born that way? I I, I saw a, well, it was a item on YouTube about the law. And a man was accused of fooling around with a young girl. But because they both enjoyed it, he said, I was born that way, and I should not be put in prison for doing what I did. So even child predators are making the argument that regular gay people make all the time as to why they don't think it's a sin. Now, 13% claim that more Americans attending services would make the country worse, while 35% said they weren't sure. Now, that's interesting. How could you be attending a worship service and people think that it's going to be worse? Well, it all depends. For example, we're of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. In other words, we believe what the Bible says. And I would say that anybody who attends a worship service where the word of God is not preached properly, that that is worse for people. Just ask your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers, do good works, are they necessary for salvation? And on the one hand, good works are necessary, but not for becoming saved. They're necessary once you are saved. That's a big distinction that was made during the time of the Reformation, so that the idea of good works as being the way of salvation would be contradicted. So many people think that if you do enough good works, God will be pleased with you and he will reward you with salvation. But there is no good work you can do to overcome your sin, to pay for your sin. That's why it took God himself to become a human being, to die for the sins of the whole world. That's how they were paid for. And, and therefore, if you aren't of such a religious understanding, I can understand why you would think that maybe going to church would make things worse. Because that's what happens 
in false churches. We gave an example recently of a man who was preaching about Jesus' ascension into heaven and his incarnation where he became a human being. And the pastor was saying that when Jesus became a human being, he got rid of his divinity. He no longer was divine, but he regained that divinity when he ascended back into heaven after the resurrection. Well, that doesn't make any sense at all. Not only does Thomas refer to him as my Lord and my God prior to his ascension, but Jesus did things that only God could do. The pastor was trying to give the idea that since you are a human being, as was Jesus, and as is Jesus, therefore you can do what Jesus does. But I don't remember anybody feeding 5,000 people with a little bit of fish and bread. I don't remember anybody raising someone from the dead as did Jesus with Lazarus. In other words, the greatest gift that Jesus has given us his life itself in dying upon the cross. And therefore, what other human being can possibly pay for the sins of others? Nobody can. And that's why faith in Jesus is so important. So, when they take a look at the difference between men and women, 33% of women were more likely than men, that was 29%, to say that their faith is very important to their lives. However, men, 45% of them, more than women, 40%, think that people attending religious services on a regular basis would make the country a better place. Now, the survey doesn't explain why there is that difference between men and women, but there's no doubt that most husbands die before their wives, and so women really need the comfort of living alone and getting through life. And so that's why their faith is more important to them than men. Now, there's no doubt that this survey also showed that marriage appears to impact how much Americans value religion. Married participants were likelier more than non-married to say that they considered themselves very religious. Now, that could be as the Bible shows, that when Paul is referring to women who have married men that are not believers, that they should remain married to them and continue to witness to them about Jesus Christ. So the men become saved also in hearing about the faith from women. 
We also see that race plays a factor. The comparison between blacks and whites, 49% of blacks in comparison to 29% of whites say faith is very important in their lives. Well, we can understand that because many black lives are taking place without fathers. There is much disruption and there is a lack of jobs for them. There is also the fact that they still do attend church and black pastors are very involved in talking to their people about Jesus Christ. It's not at all unusual in the inner city to see black churches with more people. In fact, I've been involved with the closing down of some churches because people had been moving to the suburbs and the church just wasn't filled with people anymore. So the church was sold and blacks, when they bought the church, it wasn't long before they were filling the pews with their people. Age also makes a big difference. Voters who were 65 years and older were the most likely to claim that they were very religious and that America would be a better country if more attended religious services on a regular basis. Now that's understandable. When you take a look at the various groupings with millennials and the X's and the Y's and all this, as a person first gets out of teenage lives, they tend to disagree with what the church teaches because of what their friends are telling them. But after they get married and they see the importance of raising children properly, they understand how religion can be very helpful. So it not ought to be a surprise to us that people 65 and older are the most likely to claim that they're very religious. Now, there was a survey by the Pew Research Center, and that survey did show the rate of Christians abandoning their faith. And it said before they turn 30, that accelerates if it goes beyond its current pace, America would no longer be a majority Christian country by the year 2045. Now this is 2022, so it's less than two dozen years away. Now the survey also said though, it is possible that events outside the studies model such as war, economic depression, climate crisis, changing immigration patterns, or religious innovations could reverse current religious switching trends, leading 
to a revival of Christianity in the United States. This is why it's so important that pastors be trained well in the Word of God, because if they're in the pulpit and they're not preaching the Word of God, then the people will not be fed properly, and they will be starving because the Word of God is not being heard. We find that even with the disciples of Jesus. How many times would they disagree with Jesus? Little children were being brought to Jesus so he could touch them. They were part of the kingdom of God, Jesus says. But the disciples were rebuking the mothers for bringing children to Jesus because they weren't considered as proper folks to go into the temple, children and women. And those who they thought were being punished by God because of some ailment, such as blindness, being deaf, being mute, being lame, having leprosy, etc. They looked down on those people. And they also looked down on poor people. Why? Because if God was in their corner, they wouldn't be so poor. Now that's an understanding of God that is not found in the Bible. God is both the individual who says you are poor or rich, and he has his own reasons for doing that. But it doesn't matter whether you are rich or poor. As the Apostle Paul said numerous times, he rejoices in the sufferings that he was enduring. So it's interesting to note that the more that Christians are persecuted, the larger are their numbers. When I had the opportunity to go to Russia and Siberia to preach the message of Jesus Christ, I was told that during the days of the communists, people would have hidden resources like a closet in their home where they could go in and worship God without it becoming known to the authorities because they would be sent away to camps if they worshiped God publicly. And there were many Christians who were doing these secret worship services in order to protect their family from persecution on the part of the government. This is also true in the United States that groups who are attacking Christians and even attacking their churches are looked upon as needing the prayers of God. When we traveled to Illinois, I made this comment recently, there are a number of churches that have on their sign, pray for Ukraine. And that's because Russia is attacking Ukraine. Now, that bothers me. Why are we not saying, 
pray for Russia. When you pray for a country, that doesn't mean that you are in support of what it is doing, but you are praying that the leadership would recognize the false kind of leadership that occurs. For example, during World War II, there were many people praying for Germany, not that it would be successful under Hitler, but that the Germans would come to realize what was really going on and therefore be against Hitler, Nazism, and the persecution of Jews, homosexuals, and others without proper justice. So we should be praying for all countries, either that they be defended or else that they recognize the mistakes they are making. Right now, the survey indicated there are no current switching patterns in the U.S. that can be factored into the mathematical models to project the result of a revival of Christianity in the United States. Though that may not be true at this time, a survey released earlier this year by the American Bible Society suggests that two-thirds of Generation Z and millennials who say they have made a personal commitment to Christ do not attend church in person or online at least once per month. So this is a possibility that as they grow older, they will attend church primarily online. The results of this survey should challenge every Christian and ministry leader to intentionally cultivate relationships with younger neighbors who are often seeking security and hope amidst over-increasing anxieties. Join with us Monday when we'll be taking a look at readings for the following Sunday of Law and Gospel to help give you comfort and God's promises. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.